I'm sure this is one Sunday where you're grateful you're not at church today, especially if you are sitting in an air-conditioned room, but it is hot in here. Sorry, I really am sorry, but it is what it is. Well, thank you so much for giving today. Can we just pray over the offering? Father, we thank you for the generosity of our church. What a privilege it is to be able to give and extend your kingdom, and thank you for all that this church gets the privilege of being part of. Bless the offering today. Bless every person who gave in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for being at church today. Um, so good to see a nice full service. And I know we've got a lot of you who are kind of starting some New Year's resolutions and you're like, okay, I'm gonna make church a priority. I just hope you're still here end of February. That's just an honest truth as a pastor. I'd love for you to still be here end of February. And I know often we, we, we uh, start things well, but it's all about finishing. And actually I've already downloaded two books to read uh, this year amongst many others, uh, but one is called Start. And the guy that wrote that book I figured that uh, many people know how to start things, and it's important to know how to start things and initiate, but then he wrote another book called Finish. I'm going to read both of those, and I'll tell you how it goes, okay? So let's finish the year strong. I know, um, I know Easter eggs are already out. Have you seen Easter eggs already out in the shop? It's like crazy. I don't know what they're doing to us, this whole consumer thing, but, but it's, I don't want you to kind of like go, oh my gosh, we're talking about December already, but can we finish the year strong? Let's, let's be here at the end of the year because I really believe God is going to do something in your life. And I want to start off by saying, when I started reading this book, it created a bit of a dilemma in my life. It created a problem, not a, not a bad problem, but a good one. But I remember, you know, growing up in a kind of, we grew up in a bit of a, a traditional church. I've got to be honest, it was a little bit boring sometimes, and there was no aircon back then as well. We grew up in Amsali. Uh, it's at least five degrees hotter than it is right now. And um, the most exciting thing about church was when my mom would play organ and I'd get to sit with her and there was a whole lot of interesting little buttons that I sometimes could push, but then she would smack my hands. And um, I remember entertaining the people behind me in church by rubbing my hair and it would stick up. And then if someone laughed behind me, it was a successful Sunday. Uh, if the priest got up and said, we're gonna sing uh, hymn 139, for those of you who don't know, Psalm 139, longest um, book in the Bible, you're like, oh gosh, it's like, open the hymn book and it's 12 verses. Do you remember those ones? And then when it had a chorus as well, you're like, oh, it's extra long. And then he said, we're gonna skip verses three, four, six, and nine. You're like, yes. And it was all about, uh, you know, just how quick can we get out of here? And I'm gonna try and get you out as quick as possible today as well, because it is hot. But church for me growing up, I don't know. It just wasn't exciting. But when I started to read this book, I started to read some of the stories and I started to read about Jesus and uh, it sounded exciting to me. I mean, this Jesus that I was often learning about was, was a little bit different to the one that you saw in the Bible. I mean, this Jesus did some crazy things, you know? His first miracle was turning water into wine. Do you remember that? Uh, he, he touched lepers' lives. He, he befriended prostitutes. He made friends with tax collectors, and the tax collectors were like outcasts. No one wanted to hang around them. And, and then when I looked at the church, you, you were like, this doesn't, this seems a bit boring, but Jesus was, was exciting. You know, you often would look at a, a Christian or a church and go, well, this is a little bit safe. It's a little bit, there's nothing too exciting about it. But when I looked at Jesus, it, it, was, it was different. And I know sometimes we can get judgmental or hypocritical about it, but, but but when you, in reality, looked at what was going on in the church, and even, I've got to be honest, sometimes even today in the church, not necessarily our church, hopefully, uh, without being judgmental, you're like, like, are you experiencing the same Jesus that I know, the same Jesus that, 
that, that I connect with, that I talk to, because when Jesus was around, um, he loved those that hated him. That was countercultural. He blessed those that persecuted him. He welcomed those that religion actually rejected. His heart, the church doors of Jesus' heart were wide open. And when this church started, I think it was 27 years ago now, my mom and dad sitting in the front there started this church. It was called Kloof Harvest Christian Fellowship. Quite a mouthful, right? This is when we built uh, here. This is before any trees grew on the Abbey Road off ramp. And um, it, there was only one person at church that Sunday, and that was you, Dad. Check, there's your car. Um, but before that, we had met in, a, 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 in our home. We met a little library in Kloof, and then the Kloof uh, Senior Primary, and then we built here. I think it was about kind of early 2000, and, you know, we built this church. And right from the beginning, we wanted to be different. Let me tell you, Kloof didn't need another church. Do you know the Upper Highway area has more churches per square kilometer, they say, than anywhere in the world? I mean, there's one right opposite us. There's one over there. There's one just on the next floor. There's one on this floor. It's just everywhere. Why would we need another church? But one of the things that my parents felt, I mean, they come off a farm. My dad was a sugar farmer. But we wanted to be a church that loved people and welcomed people. And we wanted to be a church for unchurched people where everyone was welcome. And not only that, we wanted people's lives to be changed because Jesus changes lives. And often when you looked at the church uh, or, or Christians, their life was no different to everybody else. And we had a, a vision statement that still stands today and that is changing lives, changing the world through the transforming power of Jesus Christ. Once our life gets changed, it has to change other people's lives, and it's only through the power of Jesus. And that has always been our mission. And I remember, uh, you know, Alpha courses. I mean, we've been running them for years. Dan uh, did such a great job just telling us about the next Alpha coming out. We've been running those for years. I, I, I would guess thousands have done the Alpha course here at this church. But it was all about welcoming people um, that, that maybe religion or church didn't necessarily always welcome. And that was one of the ways that our church just grew as we met over a meal. And, and I remember people coming to an Alpha dinner and uh, sometimes thinking it was a, a mind power course. You know the Alpha course, I'll tell you a little bit about Ernie a little bit later, and going, oh, okay, this is a Christian course. This is a, there's one of these multi-level marketing things going on. Now what's happening here? And then they got a fillet steak and a glass of wine. They were like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't happen in church. But we try to do things a little bit different so that everyone would feel welcome. Because Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world and give people life and life to the full. And when I started reading this book, it started to create a problem in my life because it started to shift some things and started to change some things. And my life came alive. And I really, really believe that if you join us this year in this one-year Bible plan, I know many of you have already hopped onto it. Please feel no uh, judgment if you haven't or you go this is just a bit much for me but just start to pick up this book and even if you read a few verses a day but um, th there's a graphic there I mean by the way it's really easy um, that's not a zapper code okay you open your camera and it comes up with a QR code and you tap it and it will take you straight to the Uversion Bible app so that you'll see those around the church they're even in the bathroom I tested it and they work but if you want to join with us I think we're on day what 15 of reading the whole Bible in one year it sounds like a lot, but it's not. If you just do a little bit a day, it's, honestly, it's about 10 minutes of reading a day. And you can even cheat the system a bit. You can push play and speed up the, the, the guy that reads it to you if you want. But it is about getting it in, okay? But I promise you now, by the end of the year, you will be different when you read this book. This book will create a dilemma in your life. It will create a problem, and it's a good problem. 
So end of last year, we uh, did two series. One was on the Bible. Do you remember that? The Holy Bible. Then we did one on worship, if you weren't with us last year. And then in February, we're starting a, a series on prayer. It's, it's uh, called Pray First. And I'm busy reading a book at the moment on prayer. It's a, it's a pastor from the U.S. who's literally taken 40 years of prayer notes, and he's put a book together to help us understand what prayer is. Because I think a lot of us get a bit scared of prayer. It's like, oh, I don't, I'm not really someone who prays a lot. Maybe I just talk a little bit to Jesus. But when we think about prayer, even I mentioned the prayer meeting on Tuesday, you're like, I don't know if I want to come do that. The prayer is boring to me, okay? So we're going to start in February a series on prayer. I want to help you understand what it actually means to talk to Jesus, okay? And when I look back, and, and as we planned this, I'm like, that's amazing, because God orchestrates these things. So we, we did a, a, a series on, on the Word, the Bible, one on worship, and we're starting on prayer. And I'm like, God, you're cleverer than me, because I didn't plan this. But those are the three foundational pillars as a Christian, Word, Worship, Prayer. So God has just kind of set it up like that. I promise you it wasn't planned like that. So make sure you are here in February. And uh, today, though, we're starting a, a new little mini-series, because we've got Vision Sunday coming up in a, in a few weeks' time. And it's, and it's this, we are the church. We are the church. And as we seek to please God this year as a church, we need to understand what church is. And last week, I listened online as I was running along the side of Table Mountain, and Adele messed up that little thing. Do you remember? This is the church. Here's the steeple. Open the doors. Here are all the people. Do you remember that, Adele? That's how it goes. But you know what? I was thinking about that this morning, and I was like, that's not right. This is not the church. This is not the church. The church is not the building. Because when you look at the Bible, it says the church, it's the people. The, the actual Greek word is ekklesia, which means the called out ones. It's the gathering. It's an assembly of people. So you are the church. This here is a building. So this is the building. This is the perch. Open the door and here's the church. I rewrote it. There we go. Come on. I tried very hard to find something like that actually rhymed with a church and I got perch. But anyway. But that's how it should go. So we are the church. And I want to give you three mindsets today for a better year for you as the church, as the people. And I want to uh, pick up off where Adele actually touched last week on, which was Acts 2. It's a powerful, powerful verse. And, and this is a scripture that she shared in Acts 2. But just to give you some context, this particular passage is after Jesus was raised from the dead, dead everybody. He was physically raised from the dead. I mean, that, that's a miracle. Like, it's unbelievable. He was raised from the dead. And Peter preaches this powerful message. And do you know that 3,000 people that day came to know Jesus, came to know God, the resurrection power of Jesus. And if anyone here hates big churches or mega churches, I mean, there's your first example of one right there. It says 3,000 people came to know God in one day. There's probably only about four, 500 of us here today. And that is 3,000 people. Can you imagine how hot it was then? No air conditions back then, right? But this is the, ba the passage in Acts 2, the early church, when it started, and this is what it says, and I know we touched on it last week, but I want to bring out a few things and give you three things out of it. So it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing in meals, and that was including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. 
a deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Don't know about you, but I'm believing for some signs and wonders. I'm tired of not seeing miracles, okay? Do you want to see some more miracles in our day? What do you think? Anyone? Okay, there's like four of you. Okay, I hope there's more of us. I would like to see some modern-day miracles, okay? And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property, and I know Adele touched quite a bit on this last week, and she spoke about a holy disruption. God really, remember I was saying, it's a dilemma. It creates a problem, a, a disruption in our life. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, not just on Tuesdays, the first Tuesday of the month, like we do. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day, this is so significant, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved, those lives who had been changed. The dilemma starts when we read this, because when I look at that, I'm like, God, I, I desire that. I want to see that in our church. Anyone else agree with that? I, I want to see that, and that's why it's creating a dilemma in me, because I'm like, well, what do we need to do, God? Because I want to get there. I want to see miracles. I want people's lives to be completely changed. I want daily people coming to know God. And in a world that is on decline, a moral decline, there is so much confusion in the world today. People need Jesus. And growing up, unfortunately, and even sometimes in the church today, when we look at that scripture, it pales in comparison to what we sometimes see today. And without being heavy or without like, you know, making it a, a, a discouraging thing, but this is a, a version of the Bible or that scripture that we potentially sometimes see today. And this is how it goes. They were devoted to their comfort, happiness, personal goals, dreams, and bucket lists. No one really noticed the Christians because they focused on themselves. Very few of the believers were together. And when they were, they fought about stupid things. If they sold anything, they used the money to buy something better for themselves. They claimed to love God, but they didn't even love each other. So they felt empty, alone, and depressed. As a result, most people disliked them, and very few lives were changed. It's quiet in here. It's also hot in here. And it's getting hotter because that's like moving us. Let's just be honest. Isn't that sometimes the case? So when I look at the Bible, it's creating a dilemma. Because it should be what we just read. Not what we just just read the other one. And God obviously has something better for his church, his people. And if we want a different year, if we want a different church, we want different results, we have to have a different mindset because it starts here. And today, I want to give you quick three mindsets for our church as we look at Acts 2. And the first is this, that I notice out of that scripture is that they were a devoted church. They were devoted. They were intensely devoted. And what's interesting is that they, the Bible doesn't just say they were devoted to Jesus or to God. It actually says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Now, I'm in no way saying, be devoted to me. It's not about that. But what I am saying is, you need, can I encourage you just to be devoted? Find a church. If it's this church, amazing. If it's another one, awesome. But be devoted. Every Sunday that you are home and you're not away, out of the province or up the coast or whatever it is, just say, we are going to be a church because you are then being devoted to the teaching. And I really believe that teaching and God's word will transform your life. 
And if you weren't here today, you wouldn't be hearing this. I know we got online and that's amazing. But let's be devoted. Let's be a devoted church because God wants to do something in us. And it says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. And talking about breaking of bread, we are going to be doing that again. Okay, I know over the last couple of years, uh, we used to have little juice and uh, bread, but with COVID, that we weren't allowed to do that. And then we bought these little pre-packed things, but they're really expensive. But we're trying to uh, look at how we can actually make that sustainable going forward. So next week, we're going to have some community together. And everyone said, yay. Okay, awesome. So we are going to do that. But just remember, it's, it's not this traditional thing that you just have to do at church. You can do communion at home. You can do, do communion before you come to church in the morning. It says wherever you are, you just break bread and just remember what Jesus did for you. Okay. But one of the most important words in that little piece there is the word devoted. And it's actually a Greek word called proskoterio. Okay. And it means this, to live in a constant state of relentless pursuit, persistent, ongoing devotion. It's, it's this ongoing devotion. It's persistent. And I know sometimes you're like, oh, I don't know if I feel like going to church today. But there is value in that. When we are devoted, my goodness, it's hot in here. I'm sweating. I'm also under these lights. Um, I'm really devoted this morning because I'm going to finish this message. Okay, relentless pursuit. Okay, that ongoing obsession just to be devoted. And unfortunately, many of us, we obsess over things that potentially are more important than God. Now, just hear me clearly. It's okay to be passionate about things. That's why the Bible says don't have other gods before me or above me. There are things in our life that are important that we give our affection and our praise to. And that's okay. But just don't do it above me. It's funny how we make other things a priority over this. Oh, it's a good day. Let's go to the beach. Okay, oh, it's a nice afternoon. I'll, I'll go in the evening. Oh, but it's just so like I just want to chill and watch TV. And do, do, do you know what I'm saying? And we... we obsess over other things but even more practically you know sometimes we we accept we, we obsess over ourselves even our kids can be, become an obsession i mean i know we, we meant to love our kids but it's everything is about them uh, it, it can be a career it can be a hobby it can be a sport now there's nothing wrong with sport i was at the sharks game yes it was amazing to see everybody out we can obsess over our shoe game hey huh? some of you spend far too much money on shoes this last month. Come on, just be honest. Eh? It's amazing that like, the shoe price has just gone crazy. Like, just I went to the shoe shop in Mplonga. Guys, there was a pair of shoes there, Nike Air Jordans. I'm not joking. They were 42,000 Rand for a pair of shoes. Yeah. That, that same pair of shoes, I promise you, you can buy in America for like $150. It's nuts. So Jonah's got a pair of, of, of Jordans that he bought in the US and they, they were really cheap, really reasonable. He's like, Dad. He's a real businessman. He's like, uh, I think I should sell these. <laughs> He's like, I can ma make some money. Even last night, he got Sia to sign his Sharks jersey, and he says to me on the way home, he says, how much do you think this is worth now? <laughs> but we obsess over things. It can be financial excess, uh, success. It can be a house. And I know we want to put energy into homes. It's amazing. It can be a holiday. It can be, I don't know, Trevor Noah tickets. Anyone buying tickets to Trevor Noah? Jeez, they're expensive. I had to look into it. When is he coming? Like later in the year? Whatever it is, and there's a song that uh, we've recorded on the new 24 Scars record, and let me tell you, oh, I'm excited. I can't wait for you to hear these songs. It's coming out end of the month. Uh, we got our final masters back just before Christmas, and we've been listening, and we made a few tweaks and changes, but we are so excited. 
Um, and uh, we just can't wait for you here. But one of the songs is, it's, it's called You Deserve It All. And it talks about giving God our highest praise because every, there are many things in life that take our praise, but it's all about Him getting our highest praise. It, it's gotta be, we gotta be devoted to Him. And often Christians of today are very casual. We're often cultural Christians. We, we, you know, brought up in a Christian home and, you know, well, that makes me a Christian. But if you were born in McDonald's, would it make you a burger? No. But we, we cultural Christians. Uh, many years ago, I did a series called uh, Christian Atheists. We believe in God, but we live as if he doesn't exist. That's often what it's like, but when you look at these first century Christians, this early church, it was different. They were full on, they were all in, they were sold out, they were fully devoted. And when I think back to some of the days in the life of our church, it's been amazing to see how people have come into our church and been fully devoted. It's, it's just been awesome. I, I think of Scotty Hamilton. He's not here today, but he ended up being a pastor in our church. He has an old pick of Scotty. Look at him there. You know, he, he came in, you know, he's got his MBA. He was working in a, in a corporate world and his life was completely changed. And he did an alpha course here at church, got so involved, got stuck in it, ended up actually serving our church for many, many years. And Scotty is one person that just shines out as being sold out, fully devoted. And I think that was actually a picture of him on a, a mission somewhere. I think that was in... I think that might have been in India, I'm not quite sure, but amazing. And then when I think of Colin Edmonds, we're missing Colin and Tony, they normally sit about there, they're gonna be back, they're just taking some time out, but here's me baptizing Colin. How's that? For those of you who don't know Colin, he was associate pastor here, he is still gonna come in and teach, he's actually gonna come and teach in March. But I actually get emotional, you know, thinking about that, you know. How much has Colin invested into our lives? And that was all because, you know, he grew up in this church. He did have a few wayward years. But there's uh, that pick surface somewhere. I, I mean, how's that? That was me baptizing him. And then I think of Ernie Gibbon. He's no longer with us anymore. But Ernie is the guy that came and did the Alpha course here at the church thinking it was a mind power course. He heard about this Alpha course because there was one called Mind Power, and he arrived there, and the next thing, he's eating steak and wine, and then they're talking about Jesus. He was like, geez, I need a bolt. And he ended up staying because he, he just found some community, and God, I, I could uh, spend hours talking about what God did in Ernie's life. Um, I mean, he financially was in a bad, bad way. I remember, actually, I had an old Ford Sapphire that I was selling, I think for 15,000 Rand, and Ernie bought it from me and he said he'll meet me at Sandlam Center in Pantown. So when I got there, Ernie was waiting for me, but he was sweating much more than you are today. So I said, geez, what's going on? He goes, uh, he, he walked here. So I said, why, I would have picked you up. He goes, no, it's uh, Hilt, it was out your way. So I said, where did you walk from? From Queensborough. I felt so bad. But God turned his life around and um, he, he, he just, God blessed his life and that, that was a picture of him. He, he uh, had a failed marriage before that, but then he remarried and he got involved in our band and um, unfortunately he, he got cancer and passed away a few years ago and just, I remember praying for him in, in hospital and uh, he was just saying he was so frustrated because his legs couldn't move properly and he couldn't tell people about Jesus in the hospital anymore. But just what a beautiful man. And I, I just see, you know, how many lives have been changed by people getting involved here and being fully devoted. And, and you may ask, well, how? How did that happen? Why did that happen? I, I just think those three men there stopped focusing on themselves and on the things of this world, and they devoted themselves to God. And if you want a better year, 
because of what Jesus has done for your life. I really believe if we devote our lives to him, you, you, you're going to see an incredible year ahead. So that's the first devoted. The second is a generous church. I said I'll talk about it a little bit later, but when I look at this scripture, I see irrationally generous people. I mean, just remember that verse that we read a bit earlier. I mean, these were crazy people. They sold their possessions to give to those in need. I mean, how often do you see that happening today? And as I said, when you read this book, it's going to create a dilemma. And it says this, because of their generosity, it says in verse 33, and the grace, the God, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, all, it says all, that there were no needy persons among them. Isn't that incredible? How much need do we see around us, church? I know it's sometimes overwhelming because we live in South Africa. There's a lot of need. But it says there was, there was no need around them because this church was so radically generous. It wasn't a government meeting needs. It was the church meeting needs. And you know, in thinking about this and preparing for this message today, I very clearly uh, heard God say, read this scripture, a scripture in Matthew. And it says this in Matthew 16. And I'll, I'll tell you what I discovered out of this. It says... I give you the name Peter, a stone, and this rock, it's metaphorical here because his, his, his uh, name meant that, this rock will be the bedrock or, or foundation on which I will build my church. My legislative assembly and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. So this particular version adds this, my legislative assembly. And, um, oh, and I think I actually left it, it's on my phone. Jin, can you bring me my phone? Uh, I wanted to read that to you. Uh, I didn't have it in my notes because I couldn't copy and paste it from, but listen to, thank you so much, what it, what it says here, I did a little bit of study into the meaning of that, and check out what it says. The Greek word for church is ekklesia, which I told you earlier, and means legislative assembly or selected ones. This is not a religious term at all but a political and governmental term that is used many times in classical Greek for a group of people who have been summoned and gathered together to govern the affairs of the city. This is the meaning of the church, and I'm feeling this, and then I read this. I never read this before. For Jesus to use this term means he is giving the keys of governmental authority in his kingdom to the church. I'm not saying necessarily as a church we should be all mixed up in politics, but God wants to use us as the church to do many things that the government aren't doing. Go check that out. Matthew 16. God is calling us as a church to be generous and to meet people's needs. And talking about scripture and how powerful it is in generosity, there's this amazing project called the Illuminations Project and they have a desire within the next three years that every language in the world can have a Bible translation. Do you know there are many languages in the world that do not have a Bible translation? We have the privilege right now to get like multiple translations and to even get like notes and I can even explain to you what that means. There's some languages, some people groups that don't have a Bible in their language. And there is a heart for the church to change that. And you as a church, oh my goodness, the aircons are coming back on. Praise Jesus for that. You as a church, take this translated five verses of the Bible for a language that hasn't been translated yet because we as a church made a donation in the Illuminations Project. You translated five verses for five people groups that do not, well, for, five, for a group of people to read the Bible. Isn't it amazing? I think we should skip it.
blessing be upon you and Open Skies Church, even as you have blessed us. Isn't it amazing? We will be able to be a blessing to people that are doing the same work that we do here at the church. So that's awesome. So we're going to be a generous church. And the last point, so important, is we're going to continue to be a loving church. A loving church that unapologetically shares the love of Jesus with other people. When you look in the book of Acts, it says that um, these people, they were so devoted to Jesus and devoted to the teaching that it was flowing in and through them. And it says the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And if we want God to add to this body, and it's not about growing a big church, but it's about lives being impacted, lives being changed. And what I love about this church, there's really a week that goes by here on a Sunday where someone doesn't come to know Jesus. And we will always do that, give an opportunity for someone to come home and come back to Jesus. Because many of us, let's be honest, in life, we feel shameful, we feel guilty, we feel, particularly if we've walked away from God, that you are welcome here. God loves you so much. And we wanna be a place and a safe space for people to come back to Jesus. Jesus came for the broken. He didn't come for those that had it all together. Aren't we grateful for that? It actually says here in Matthew 9, when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. And many people come into this place broken, hurt. And isn't that amazing that we can be a blessing to them? There was a couple that I met before the service today. They were here last week. I won't give you their names, but they sent this message on our face. Um, uh, on our Facebook and said this, today my husband and I visited Open Skies, so this is last week. All I can say is, wow, I feel so at home. All the smiles and the hugs that came from your amazing volunteers have warmed our hearts so much. We have been hurt a lot, but as we entered from the parking to the lovely lady at the coffee corner, to the lady who seated us, we felt nothing but love. And we already feel like family. Thank you, everyone, for an amazing day and, and just for making our week. We will see you again next week and the next week, and the next week, and the next week. And I don't know if you knew here today, we hope that you felt that as well, but it doesn't end there, church. It doesn't end there, friends, because if it's just about us, then I think there's always reason to be frustrated or we can uh, internalize things or be offended, but God wants to use you as you've been welcomed to help other people. We need to be continuing to share the love of Jesus with other people. And that's why I wanna tell you, you cannot miss next Sunday. Because next Sunday is, is Volunteer Sunday. Yay! We need you. Do you know we need 70 to 80 people to make a service happen here on a Sunday? Between back desks, Sky Kids upstairs, there's stuff going on that you don't even know about. Our coffee team, our parking team, our front desk team, our guest central team, guys that just serve here in the auditorium, our task team. We need people to help. And can I encourage us? If we want to be a church that is, is loving towards people, well, there's no better place than to serve in church. And you don't have to serve every week. The more people we have, the less the rotation is. So at this stage, we have a three-week rotation. So it's only every three Sundays. If you can't make that Sunday, it's very easy. You can just swap out with somebody if something comes up. But can I ask us to be here next Sunday? Because after next Sunday, after the service, I know some of you guys say, oh, I've got to get out of here. I've got to go. I've got lunch plans. Please, please stay after the service. Between 11 and 12.30, it's only an hour and a half, so you can still get to lunch. We're gonna just spend some time just encouraging our volunteers, but then there's gonna be an opportunity to split into two streams 
and you can find out a little bit how you can get involved. I've told my kids, whether they like it or not, they're all signing up for something, okay? Um, some of you guys serve on the production desk at the back, but then you also want to serve in coffee teams. So there's going to be two streams, and you can go to either one you like. They're going to be mirrored. So you'll have an opportunity to find out about two places to get involved. Obviously, you, if you want to just serve in one place. But can I encourage you to get involved? I promise you now, just like reading the Bible, it will create a dilemma in your life. When you start to serve, when you start to serve, you will see your life transformed. And as we reach people one by one, God is going to do something incredible in your life. And we've got some amazing things that we want to do in 2023 as a church. We've got some big faith, big ideas, big vision. And if you go, well, this church is already getting too big. Well, I don't know. We're just getting started, okay? Uh, As long as there's one person out there that doesn't know Jesus, this church is too small. Are you with me? Are you with me? Who knows? One day we might have to build a bigger building. That's what we believe in God for one day. But God has called us to be the church. Remember, the church is the people. And I remember, kind of as I'm kind of wrapping up here, I wrote a song. Uh, I won't sing it to you, uh, but we've progressed in our songwriting over the years. But this was a song called Be the Church. And the lyrics of the song, this is maybe like 12 years ago, says, let us be the church, God, that's desperate for change. Let us be the church, God, that knows just what it takes. Let us be the church. Let us be the church, God, that takes the truth out there. Let us be the church, God, that brings life to all. That didn't even rhyme. Let us be a church, God. Um, But that is the heart, that we, as God's people, devoted, generous, loving, let us be that. Can we be that this year, church? Maybe you've just joined us today or you're not even involved in church. I just hope that you have experienced that from this church today and let us be that to other people. And I wanna give you one simple challenge as we kind of wrap the service up today is can you devote yourself to one thing that brings you closer to Jesus this year? Just one thing. And maybe you're saying, well, what could that one thing be? I'm glad you asked because I wanna give you a few options. Maybe it's just reading this book. Devote yourself to that. I know some of you are on the journey with us already to read it in a year, but maybe you're saying, well, I don't know if I can read the whole thing in a year. Sign up on the YouVersion Bible app. There's plans there. Uh, you can just hit that QR code and it will take you to the YouVersion Bible app and just give it a go. I promise you now your life will be different. Maybe it's serving in church. Just one thing. So please be here next week because let me tell you, it's gonna create a dilemma because serving is addictive. The more you give out yourself, the more blessed your life is. Because I promise you now, you, you, you want to find the happiest people in the world? It's those that give their lives away, that help people. Those are the happiest people in the world. Maybe it's joining a group of sorts. we restructuring and, and re-envisioning our whole groups and how we're going to work that, our home groups and our interest groups. But let me tell you, it's going to create a dilemma when you get involved in a group because all of a sudden there might be a bit of accountability. You might just form some lifelong friendships and be very sad if a friend immigrates. We've had so many friends that we've done life together with, and uh, it's, it's heartbreaking when they want, you know, leave. But, but God wants to create community in you, and I think deep friendships in the church are so powerful. Um, you you want to do something else? One thing that will bring you closer to Jesus? Start being generous. Start tithing. But be careful, because your heart follows where you put your money. And all of a sudden, you might be giving things and giving away to people and helping people when all of a sudden, you know, you, well, you had other intentions for that, but God is going to just start to stir your heart and it's going to be incredible to see you. Or maybe it's just make a commitment to say, God, I, I'm going to talk to you every day. I don't know what that looks like. Make sure you're here in February for our prayer series, but just start to talk to Jesus a little bit. He really wants to talk to you too. So it's not just about you talking to him. 
And make sure you're here on Vision Sunday as we talk a little bit more about that. I don't want to give too much away. So we don't go to church. You didn't come to church today. Mindset change. You are the church. We are the church. We're not spiritual consumers, but we are spiritual contributors. The church doesn't exist for us. I know sometimes we have that mentality, but we are the church and we exist for the world. That's how it has to be. The church is not a building. It's not a place we go. We are the church. The Bible says we are the body of Christ. So who are we, friends? We are the church. And the Bible says that God will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. All the believers were together. There was no needy among them. There was generosity. There was love. They met the needs of the local community. And as we partner, not only just with you, but other churches, I really believe that we can impact this world in such a powerful way. And let's trust to give more money to this translation of the Bible apps and, and this Illuminations project. I want to give more to that. And let's just see Bible uh, poverty eradicated. It, it doesn't seem fair to me that someone doesn't have access to this book. I mean, we've got access to multiple different versions. Let's see what God can do. And as we proclaim the good news, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came for sick people, hurting people, and God wants to use us. We've come with brokenness, with fears, with doubts, and there will be many more that come into this place having made mistakes. But God wants to come and heal you and bring you to new life. So who are we? Who are you? We are the church. And I'll end with that question today. Who are you? It's easy to say we are the church, but who are you? Are you going to be part of this? Are you going to be part of this beautiful picture called the church when we look at the Word of God? And when we do that, end with this. It says now in Ephesians 3, Now all glory to God, who is able, through His mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we may ask or think glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever and ever and it's not just about us here today but it's about 10 20 years time for our children our grandchildren that God would start a movement of people that say we are the church we're going to impact and change the world and everyone said amen come on let's just give God some praise and some glory as we celebrate the church let's pray do you want to come pray <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that we can be here today, that we can be the church. God, thank you that you're stirring our hearts for 2023, and there's many things that you want to do in and through our lives, and it's such a privilege to be part of that. And I pray for every person here in this room, those that consider this their church, this their spiritual home, even those that are just looking in, but God, that you would disrupt us, that you would create a dilemma in us. Because when we look at the Word of God, we see something a little different to what we see today. But God, we want to see it in our lifetime. We want to see you do amazing things. But God, it needs to start with us. It needs to have, we need to have a mind shift today. That we would be devoted, that we would be generous, that we would be more loving, God. Would you stir our hearts today, God? Would you convict us by your Holy Spirit where we can be the church. And my last prayer, as I said a little earlier, is we've always given opportunity for someone to come home, someone who doesn't understand maybe what this is all about. Maybe you've come today, you've been invited by a friend, maybe you're watching online, and you don't really know God. 
Maybe you knew him a long time ago and you're like, man, this, this sounds exciting. I, I, want to be, I want to be part of this. Well, it's real simple. I want to pray a prayer with you. And it starts by you saying, God, come and live in my heart. And then you also got to just say, God, forgive me because we've, we all make mistakes. So if you would like to pray a prayer like that with me, won't embarrass you because we're all going to pray together nice and loud. But just so I know and can celebrate with you, if you want to pray that for the first time today, you've never prayed a prayer like that, or maybe it's just a, a recommitment to God, I'd love to pray it with you. Anyone here? Maybe you just pop up your hand. Thank you. It's amazing. Anyone else? Anyone else? Want to pray that prayer? Anyone else? Just pop your hand up a little, just quickly and put it back down. I'll pray with you. There's a couple of hands that have gone up. That's amazing. Well, can we pray together nice and loud, church? Dear Jesus, from today, I commit my life to you. I want to be devoted to you. Come and live in my heart by your spirit. Change me and make me into the person that you want me to be. I'm sorry for my past and I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. And from today, Lord, I choose you. I want to be more generous and more loving. In Jesus' name. Everyone agreed and said, Amen. Amen.